0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. What it's all about, amen. So if you haven't got that letter, get, get ask me for it. Put it out somewhere, and that was supposed to be for something for after the rapture. So we're already seeing people get saved, amen. And uh, so just, just uh, do everything you can to win souls. That's what it's all about. Amen? Amen. Well, Pastor Mario is going to bring us an awesome word tonight. I'm already excited and ready with my notebook to hear what God's going to speak to me. I don't know if he's going to speak to y'all, but he's going to speak to me. But I just want to thank God for Pastor Mario and Deon. So I want to thank God for our friendship. Um, so blessed to have him as an assistant here. He, he, he does more than you guys know. He, he, he does a lot of stuff for me that I don't even ask him to do, and he's always uh, so caring and trying to ask, you know, can I take care of this for you? Can I do that for you? And I just wanted to honor him tonight and thank him for his friendship all these years and just standing by our side and being here with us. Like I said, he does a lot that you don't see, and uh, I appreciate him. So I just wanted to say that before he came up. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand as Pastor Mario comes tonight to give us a
1: good word. Amen. Well, praise God. How many are excited to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. Amen. We're going to preach the word whether you want to hear it or not. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. And all the time. Praise God. I'm going to minister a word that I believe God has put in my heart, you know, for for a time such as this. Amen. I believe we're all going through some things in our lives. And uh, how many have ever just wondered, you know, why can't God hear my prayers? Anybody, anybody in this place ever just wondered why? You know, God, are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? Amen? And I know for a fact, we're going to read in just a moment in the Bible, John chapter 10, verse 1 through 10, and you can go ahead and put that up now if you'd like to, but you know, if we admit it, everyone here in this place tonight would love to hear that, you know, God speak to them into your heart as you're praying or as you open up your Bible to, to read the Word of God. You would love for God to speak to you. Amen? And I know that there are people in this place where God does reveal. He gives you a word. He gives you an understanding of something that's going on in your life. And I'll be honest with you. If I didn't have that in my life, then I, I probably wouldn't make it spiritually, man, because I'm a firecracker about everything in life, and I need God to speak to me. Yeah. Now, I don't hear it in a boom. I don't hear it in a firecracker voice, but, but I do hear God, and I feel God speaking to me through his word as I read it. Amen? And as I pray and I talk to the Lord, I can feel him in my spirit. And uh, it's an encouraging thing. And I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else in this world. I'm just telling you that for me, it is something that I need to make it. Amen. It's encouraging to me. Let's read in the word of God, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But, the, but, but, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he, get, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And verse 6 says, Jesus uh, used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, how many know the devil that I'm talking about this evening? Amen. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. Amen. He will take your testimony and He will try to embarrass you. He will try to, to bring you down to a different level in life. He will try to discourage you and make you feel like you are absolutely nothing, amen? But I'm telling you, in John chapter 10, in those first few verses that we read, you know, the, the Lord that we talk about is so powerful. He's the way, the truth, and the light, the Bible says, "Amen." the life, amen? He has a plan, and, and, and to be honest with you, if you're going to be honest with yourself, you'll admit that there are times that you do not have a clear word from God concerning a lot of the situations that are going on in your life. You know, I, I know many people, they'll buy a car, they'll buy a house, they'll, buy, they'll, they'll just go out and just spend $10,000 on furniture for the backyard and not even ask anybody for counsel or, or any kind of wisdom. Now, that doesn't mean we want to control what you do or, or, or decide for you what to do, but, you know, it does make a difference when we listen to the Word of God, we understand God's wisdom that He speaks into our life, and we make godly decisions. Yes. It's important to, to make godly decisions this evening. Amen? Are you with me? Yes. So I want you to know the strategy that the devil has is to muddle the waters in your life. He wants to muddle the waters. In other words, uh, he wants it to be so you cannot even see through the water. He he doesn't want you to see God's plan for your life. Uh, He wants you to be distracted uh, and, and bound by everything that's going on in your life. He does not want you to see God's will for your life. Amen? He wants to cloud the skies when you pray. When you go to God, when you're at your most desperate point, I'm not talking about just your devotional time with God, but I'm talking about times when you're desperate for God to speak to you. Lord, I'm in a bad situation, God. And I got news for you tonight. We're the ones who get ourselves in those bad situations. It's not God's fault. God did not put you in your situation. You have made decisions that have caused you to be bound by the devil. Can I get a bigger amen? Amen. You see, the Bible calls Satan the prince of, and the power of the air because the world is, is, is controlled by these evil spirits that the devil has and his plan is to destroy us as we just read. It is to destroy you. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Amen? And it says, and raised uh, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I come before you this evening... Lord, I ask that you would open up our hearts and our minds, Lord, not to rebel, not to argue, not to complain, Lord, but to receive and open up our ears, God, to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place tonight, God, and I pray, God, that you would change lives, God, that you would touch our situations, Lord, and help us to overcome the battle that we are in right now, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So the title of this message this evening is, Are You Listening to the Clear Word from God? Yes, yes, yes. Not just the clear word of God, but are you listening to the clear word from God? Because God is trying to speak into your life at this very moment. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to guide you and direct you and help you get to a place in your life where you can prosper and you can be prosperous and so you can grow in the Lord. Amen. But I want you to know if the devil can stop you from hearing from God, the devil wins and you lose. I said if the devil can stop you from hearing from God, then he wins and you lose and you just might as well throw in the towel because that's just the way it's going to be. Because let me just tell you this, the devil, he is powerful. If you allow him power, he is powerful. But if you put your foot down and you stand on God's word and you say, I am not going to be deceived, I am not going to be tormented in my mind, I'm not going to be distracted by the devil, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to fight. Hallelujah, amen? Amen. How many fighters do we have in this place today? Praise God. It's good to know we got a, a house full of fighters, amen? Praise God. You see, prayer's power, the power of prayer is in the one who hears it, not the one who prays it. Amen. So whatever you're praying, it doesn't matter if it sounds right. It doesn't matter if it looks right to your situation, but the power in your prayer is in the one that hears the prayer. Because God is saying, you know, I'm watching and I'm listening and I see this. My good and faithful servant of the Lord is being obedient to he's walking in my way. She's doing my will and I'm going to bless her. Hallelujah. Now it might not come when you're ready. It might not come when you're asking, but God is an on-time God. Hallelujah. We must pray. We must pray and get a hold of God. Amen? You see, the result of a muddled prayer life, number one, is some folks will get frustrated, and instead of repenting and turning from the thing that clogged up their prayers, like the sin or just the, 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 the opposition in their life, they will go all over the place looking for an answer. They go all over the place in their life looking for an answer for their situation and most of the time they get themselves in a big bind. Amen? And they won't stop until they hear exactly what they want to hear. Amen? You know, it doesn't fit. You know, if the shoe fits, wear it. But listen, listen, that shoe is not mine. That word is not for me. Oh, I can't believe that the pastor's telling me that I have to do this. Pastor's telling me that I get to do this and I don't even want to. I was telling somebody tonight, I believe it was it was Cassie, she was doing nursery. I said, well, it's time to put a smile on their face because now you got to go back in that nursery and be an example to those kids. Hallelujah. Because some of those kids are going to go home tonight and get their parents saved. Glory to God. Amen? Because sometimes we need that from our kids, for our kids to say, Well, Daddy, how can you say that when, when Pastor preached this or Pastor said this, but you're telling me this? Amen? And I know that's not here at this church. I'm giving you an example of what happens in other churches because I've been in a lot of them. Amen? But sometimes the parents need to give their lives to Jesus. And there's no more feeling, there's no scarier feeling in the world than you saying something to your family and your children bring correction to you. And you know what? Some hot-headed parent, dad would get in their kid's face and they would correct him and say, don't you talk to me that way, but I got news for you. That is God bringing correction into your life. Now, I'm not giving the kids permission to just go and badmouth their parents and, and talk back. That's not what we're talking about today. But I'm talking about being a godly example in our homes, amen? You see, because when we try to take our situation where we want it to go, then we get ourselves in a lot of trouble. And to be honest with you, the end result is they begin to operate in the flesh. You begin to operate, your thought life gets out of control. And a lot of times, this one's going to hurt some people, but many times they struggle with sexual perversions because of it. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? I'm telling you the truth. It is all connected. And as pastor says, read your word, amen, because God, uh, he's trying to help us, but because of us being rebellious in our lives, uh, all these curses will come upon us and we have no control unless we rise up and fight it. And because they know they're wrong, they will not seek godly counsel for their situation. There's no way I could go to pastor now. No way. There's no way I could do it. I can't, I can't face him now. There's no way I could do it. But let me tell you something. We do not bring correction because we love to just discipline all the time. And I'm not talking to anybody in this place. This is a word that God has been putting in my heart since pastor asked me three weeks ago to preach. And I've been, it's been burning in me. Because I'm telling you what's happened in the church today, in all the church world, and we hear it and we see it in the seven churches in the book of Revelations where they were just in complete rebellion. They were in complete rebellion doing everything they want to do. And in the church today, the reason I'm preaching like this today is because our church, at times, we are in rebellion. And for God to use us the way he needs to and wants to, we've got to get the rebellion out of our lives. You see, the revelation is not every voice that speaks to us is from God. You do need to understand that. That's why you need to be careful who you listen to, who you hang around, and who you get around. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you something. You listen to a sermon from somebody you don't even know, let me tell you, they're going to be training you up in the way you should go or shouldn't go, and then you're going to find yourself in a mess of trouble. And then your pride is going to be so heavy, you're not going to be able to come back to pastor or myself and say, hey, what can I do to fix this? Even though we're here for you, we want to help you. But it's a fact of life. It just always happens this way. But a sure safety zone is, is God's word. You know, the Bible tells us not to marry someone that you're not equally yoked with. You know, the Bible gives us many examples. Go and preach the gospel. He tells us to do what destiny testified about tonight. That is God's word. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In other words, uh, I'm going to give a translation. This is the Pastor Mario Owens translation. It says, open your big mouth that you use for everything else uh, and go tell somebody about Jesus. I I can't see it any other way. Maybe that's just what God speaks to me. He says, you know what, little guy down there, you go and open that big mouth of yours and go tell someone about Jesus. But I got news for you. I don't have that problem. I'm always preaching. I tell everybody about Jesus. I wish they would all come to church, everyone that tells me they're coming. I know Pastor and I both, we're looking for our our invites from this week, aren't we? We're looking at every single service. We're just, who's coming today? Who's coming? Man, I'll tell you what. If I could ask these people for their phone numbers, they won't give you the right phone number in the restaurant. I'm like, can I get your number so we can just torment? I mean, so we can call you. <laughs> oh, you think I'm that bad? I need Jesus. Is that what you're trying to say? See, there's where the rebellion comes in, yeah. is because they say, Oh, well, he's preaching to me like, like they told Destiny today. You know, you're saying this in a way with love and peace, and and we're receiving it. Yeah, that's Destiny, I want you to know that takes a gift yeah. to be able to do that. Amen. I'm not there yet, hon. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm still learning. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Our goal is to win people to Jesus. That's what it is all about. And we start with our homes. Hallelujah. We start with ourselves in the morning. When we look in the mirror, I say, you good old Henri Cuss, It's time to get saved. It's time to get delivered and set free. Man, don't look at me like a mule at a new gate. I know I'm I'm pretty rowdy, but some of y'all are pretty rowdy, especially you rowdy. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise God. We need to understand what I'm talking about tonight. It's very important, amen? So the result of this muddled uh, prayer life, you see people get frustrated. Instead of repenting and turning from their, their sins, they end up making re- big, big, big mistakes in their lives. Amen? The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Those are the things that we ought to be fighting for. Those are the things that we ought to be pushing for, amen? See, the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 22, verse 2 and 3. And it says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. It says, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Hallelujah, amen? But then we go to Deuteronomy 28, 15 and 23. It says, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes uh, which I command you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Do you want the curse of God or do you want the blessing of God? I think that we have it right there from the word of God itself uh, that there is a blessing of God uh, and there is a curse uh, of God at the same time. Verse 23 there said, and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass and the earth that is under, thy, under thee shall be iron. Amen. You see, sin, what it does is it thickens the heavens uh, and it clouds your, your prayer life uh, and it blocks the answer. It blocks the answer. That's what sin does to our life. You ask yourself, if my prayers are being blocked, is there sin in my life? Is there something that I can get right with God so that God can hear what I'm trying to say from it to him? That's right. It opens the door to demonic powers that opposes every single prayer that you'll pray. I found a quote. It says, according to your holiness, so shall be your success. A holy man and woman are an awesome weapon in the hands of God. It didn't say perfect. It didn't say they're perfect people. They're just forgiven people. Hallelujah. It's people who are redeemed. Glory to God. See, the apostle Paul said, he said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Disqualified. You know, we're, we're pulling the, the big old log out of our own eyes, or the splinter out of our own eyes, amen, and we're trying to make heaven our home. Yes. There's a preacher by the name of John Kilpatrick. I had the opportunity to, to be in the Brownsville Revival several years ago, and I went into this place. He was the pastor of that church there, and... Uh, Steve Hill was doing a, 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 it was a, it was a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit and there was a, a revival that broke out and And Steve Hill was ministering the Word of God and, and I'm going to be real with you, that was one of the places where God really dealt with me and set me free in a lot of areas in my life. My attitude, rebellion, uh, some sins that I had in my life that I was running from and hiding from God, uh, but God really did something there. But this man, John Kilpatrick, the pastor of the Brownsville, Brownsville, I believe it was Brownsville Assembly of God, he said, he said two things. There are three types of people in the body of Christ. He said, number one, there's the healthy believer. This healthy believer flows with what God is doing. The healthy believer, they pursue the will of God in their ministry. They stay encouraged. And they encourage other people all around them. They feed the flock. They flow with the pastor in revival. Amen? Are you with me tonight? That is the healthy believer. And then he says, uh, uh, remember this, the river of God uh, cannot flow in a bed of disobedience. Did you hear what I said? This is a powerful statement. It says the river of God cannot flow in a bed of disobedience. Number two, he said this. Out of a, this was out-of-place believer, the out-of-place believer. That's the one who feels out-of-place, who is out-of-place, and things are going on all around them. Every church has an out-of-place believer. Okay? They have a good heart. But they just don't seem to find their place in God. Amen? They're easy to spot because they never get involved. They primarily are only interested in getting fed. They're quick to complain about the pastor or the temperature or the time. That's everybody in this church. We're complaining about the temperature all the time, aren't we? Praise God. You see... I want you to remember this. Christians either wear a bib or they wear an apron. Amen. I said, we either wear a bib or we wear an apron. I want to go to the the feast, I want to go to the table. As Pastor said several weeks ago, he said, we're going to a buffet. You know, we're always talking about this now because, you know what, we're getting people equipped and ready. We're going to a buffet. Are you going to go to a buffet and and wear your bib or are you going to come with an apron? Amen? Now that means, you know, am I mature enough to serve? Am I mature enough uh, to be strong when something hits the fan uh, and I've got to rise up and still be the leader that I'm expected to be or still be that faithful, godly servant of God uh, that I need to be? Or am I going to be the one that says, no, I'm going to put a bib on because I'm about to make a mess of myself. And I'm talking to all of us this evening. Amen? Amen. This is a message. I know without a doubt in my heart that God put this this message on my heart. The number three is the malignant, uh, devouring believer. They suffer from chronic unforgiveness that is turned into bitterness in their life. It has mutated the, their spiritual DNA in the body of Christ. And their tongue is their weapon. They try to control everything in the church. And they are a cancer and have become devouring wolves. They bring division to the body of Christ. Now let me tell you something. I am not calling this to anybody tonight. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of being any of these. I'm just giving you the choice that you can be one or the other. Amen? Amen? And I feel like God is giving us a warning, especially at the time where Pastor has been pouring his heart into the end times messages that he has been preaching. I'm telling you, it's been so powerful. And we are playing games with God in the midst of a revival that we can't even sense. Because God is doing great and mighty things in this moment. People are about to come through these doors. And we have to be equipped. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready and have our aprons on and ready to serve. Hallelujah. So let's talk about obedience. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 and 23, it says, So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices As in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to head than the fat of rams, and to heed, I'm sorry, the heed, the fat of rams. For rebellion is as of sin, as, as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. You know, this is a powerful scripture if we would just understand it. Amen? It's a very powerful thing. You know, two men in the Bible, both were called by God and both were tempted by the devil. And both of these two men that I'm about to tell you about, uh, they rose from uh, obscurity to become great deliverers of Israel. These two men, uh, I'm telling you something, they were used mightily, but they were both tempted by sexual sin in their life. One of them was Samson and the other one was Joseph. And we know the stories, if you read your Bible, you know, Samson, uh, he used the supernatural strength that he had in his body to rescue God's people. This man had an anointing, he had a call, and at the most important time in his ministry, at the most important time as he was going up, Pastor Jones says all the time, he says, you're either going up or you're going down. And at the most important time in his ministry, he was uh, enticed by Delilah's Flattering attention. Amen? He was going up, and boom, there it went. He got hit by it. He ignored God's commands in his life. Not to marry. He ignored God's plans not to fornicate. He ignored the plans not to marry this foreign woman who served other gods. God was very specific and told him very specifically what to do and what not to do. And he decided to do things his own way. Samson fell in that very moment. The power left him. The Bible says, uh, and he didn't even know that he had lost it. He had no idea that he lost it. Amen. It wasn't until he cried out to God uh, after a great suffering that God saved him. That God uh, vindicated him by killing his enemies. But guess what? He had to give his life. He had to give it. Joseph, on the other hand, uh, who is in, uh, in, in every circumstance, triumphed uh, depending upon God. Depending on God. God, he spoke to him in his dreams. uh, And the devil used his jealous brothers uh, to get rid of him as as a slave. It was a plan that his brothers used against him. But Joseph trusted God. He trusted the Lord. Joseph had a heart. uh, And God put him in charge uh, of his master's affairs. And we heard the sermon not too long ago. We know the story. The master's wife had other plans. She had other plans, and Joseph resisted her to the point of running out of his clothes, the Bible says. Wouldn't that be nice if every man could just resist the temptation of the devil by running out of his clothes and getting the heck out? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be amazing if we can just uh, put our foot on sin and say, you know what, devil, you can't have me. I see you there. I know what you're doing. I know what your plan is, uh, but you cannot have me, and I'm going to love because I've got more love than you got hate, devil. Amen? Amen. But you know what we do? We flirt with it. There he is. Oh, I see him. Well, I'm going to be over here, but I see you over there. Hey, when I'm down and out, I'll come to you. I'll find you. Well, I'm sure you'll find me. I know where you're at. No, I tell the devil, devil, you get out of here right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you, devil, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Guess what he does? He goes. He flees, the Bible says. Amen? So here he is. He went to prison, falsely accused, and here he is. He obeys God, was put in charge of the prison. What an amazing story where he's done everything right and still has to pay a price. Can you imagine just living a wonderful life? You know what? That's exactly what we're dealing with today, the persecution of Christians. <laughs> we're trying to do everything right, and, and we're being persecuted for it. We're being beat down. We're, 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 you know, but, but our mind is in the wrong battlefield. Can I get an amen? Amen. Sometimes our mind is in the wrong battlefield and we need to be in the kingdom of God in his battlefield, hallelujah, winning souls for Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. He was released and became second in charge of all of Egypt because he had the ability to interpret these dreams. And it was a gift that God had given him. And the part of the Bible you truly believe is the part that you obey. I'm going to say that again. The part of the Bible that you truly believe is the part that you obey. Another example is Saul and David. I'm not going to read it, but John chapter 1, verse 47 through 51, the main point I'm trying to make there is most assuredly, he says, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. He's talking about the heavens opening up in your life and you seeing all of God's blessing. And I want to close here in just a moment, Amen book of revelation when jesus spoke to the seven churches he brought a word of warning and he brought a word of rebuke to the church this we need to understand tonight but he also brought to each of these churches a word of encouragement you know god's will for our lives today is that every single one of us as believers have an open heaven over our lives that's what his will is, that you would have an open heaven over your life uh, and you could hear from God and obey his voice. Yes. That's what his will is for you and I tonight. You know, there was the seven churches that I was just talking about as I'm closing here. And these seven churches, I'm telling you what, the church of Ephesus. We know about the church of Ephesus. It was abandoned. It's, it's love for, they abandoned their love for Christ and, and of his teachings and even in that state of mind that they were in, the the, the Smyrna that church uh, remains faithful amidst persecution. Then there was uh, Pergamos or Pergamum, per- Pergamum, however you say it. But this church was it was it compromises its beliefs. There was the Thyatira; they follows uh, false prophets. Chasing all these different things, but I'm I'm here to tell you tonight uh, that even though these seven churches did what they did, you know that God, he had a love for his people. He had a love for his people, and after all of these things, all the way down to the church of Laodicea, you know, the last one of the churches, you know, this is what he said to them. He says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. You see, this was a lukewarm church. This was a church that at one time had the fire, at one time knew what it felt like, knew how to get excited for the things of God, but they became lukewarm. We know what the Bible says about that. He says, I will spew you out of my mouth. And here he's saying to them, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father, on his throne you know I got news for you tonight no matter what you're going through in your life no matter what attitude you're carrying no matter what pity party we go through in our lives we all go through them we all face trials and circumstances and situations in our life and I'm going to be honest with you sometimes it's hard to get out Sometimes it's difficult to get out. Sometimes, you know, I understand it. I've been there before. People say, oh, well, I can't believe it's church time again. Uh, it's church time again. Well, listen, I can't afford not to be in church. I can't afford not to be here. You know, it's like what Pastor Jones always says. He says, when I backslide, if I, he said, he'll never backslide, but he said, if I backslide, he said, the crime rate will go up in this city. And even at 75 years old, I believe every word he says, amen, the crime rate would go up. If my wife backslid today, I guarantee the crime rate will go up. Because she'd probably murder me first off, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what, tonight I want to excite you, I want to encourage you. Even though we're going through these trials in our life, even though we're hurting in our lives tonight, even though there are some things that seem impossible to you, I want you to know that God says, you know what, if you will turn your heart from those wicked ways, turn your heart away from those evil thoughts and, and what you allow the devil to do to you. Listen, we have to get the sin out of our lives. And in this day and age, in this world, we have something called a cell phone. And it's not just a cell phone, but it's a smartphone. I don't have mine tonight. I have no idea where it is, to be honest. I think it's at home, but it doesn't even matter. But these smartphones are called, in my opinion, it's called the one-eyed devil. That's what it's called because you can turn away from somebody and look at anything you choose to look at. I told my wife on the way to church, I said, honey, you know, Christmas time is coming up. You might want to be careful what you're looking up on your phone because I see it in my, my, I think it's called a Google thread or something like that. I said, I see what you're looking up. She's looking up presents. She's looking up gifts. She's looking, she's, and right away, she's like, well, I don't have nothing to hide from you. I said, honey, I'm not talking about that. You're, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying I can see what you're looking up. But, you know, on the other hand, we need to understand the danger of that phone being in our hand. And then I think in the time of our lives, we ought to ask ourselves, am I wearing a bib or am I wearing an apron? Do I want to be godly? Or do I want the devil to have his hand on my life? I got news for you. I don't want nothing to do with the devil. And we don't want nothing to do with the devil in your lives either. We We want to help you defeat the devil in your life. Every demonic strategy that would come against your home, your marriage, your children, no matter what the case might be, we are here for you. Amen. That's what a pastor does. We have a pastor that loves his people that cares for his people, that brings direction and, and care and love and, and sometimes hurts into the flock's lives. But we have to get ourselves to a place where we understand the big picture of why we are here. Yes. You know, Jesse Lemons is sitting right over here, and he drives, I say it's, if, if it was me driving, it would be an hour and 45 minutes to get here. He drives, what is it, an hour for you guys? An hour and 15 minutes. Every single church service, they're sitting here. And I'm not here to, blow, to toot his horn. I'm not here to, to just lift him up and make him feel special today. But you know what? There's a hunger of God in your lives, both of you. And that hunger is contagious. And I'm trying to tell you this tonight because if you lack a a hunger of the things of God in your life, get around some people who have the hunger, who are sacrificing in their life to get to the things of God. I love it when people show up to church coming from work. I love, uh, they're coming, they're bringing their dinner into the church and they're eating their dinner real fast and, and, they're, and they're, they're here because they're hungry for God to do something in your life. Let me tell you something. Don't be like that dead, old dead religious church uh, in, in the book of uh, Revelations uh, just because you're allowing things in your life. Rise up. Rise above the circumstance. Rise above the situation. I can't tell you how many times I've been dealt with in the church. I remember a time when my pastor came to me when I was a young man and I was working all day long. I was out there working like a dog and it was hard work. And I came to church and I had my wife. I said, honey, I need some church clothes. I'm I'm filthy, I need something. She ran to the mall and she got me a pair of jeans and she shows up at the church and I run inside the church grabbed the clothes that she had bought me. she had to go buy them at the store and I went and got them I went and changed and I came back out and I refreshed myself up and I come out to the foyer of the church and I walk over to my wife and she's standing there talking to my pastor and he says what happened to you I said I'm sorry he said those jeans look like you got run over by a truck Well, you know, all my efforts were to make myself look a little better and presentable. And I really thought that I was doing well. I, I didn't even know the pants she bought me. It's her fault. It's not even my fault. Why are you yelling at me? Yell at her. I didn't do it. I just put the clothes on. You didn't want to see the ones I had on. But I didn't say that. I said, yes, sir. I learned a valuable lesson that day. I'm not talking about your torn jeans or your stuff that you buy. These weren't even torn jeans, they just had the white lines in them. You better believe I'll never buy a pair of pants with lines in them ever again. If I can help it, don't do it to me. But you know, I had a reason to get upset. I was hurt. Just like sometimes you get hurt. Our children, we bring correction to their lives. There's a hurt. I was talking to someone today. They said, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. The only hope we have is Jesus. But if we overreact to the situation, then we're definitely going to hurt. And I'm here today to tell you that you don't have to hurt, you can be free today. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in this place tonight, in reverence to God. We're gonna go before the Lord. If you're home tonight, you're watching this online service, I want you just to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes wherever you may be. Maybe you're at work and you're watching this. There's many people who watch this service while they're at work. Maybe you're sitting there and you say, you know, I've been hurt. I've allowed myself to be hurt. But tonight we're going to have a take the bib off party. We're going to turn to Jesus and say, God, I can't do this by myself. I can't overcome the battles that I have in my mind. Let me tell you something. I will stand on any street corner with you and I will fight with you and for you. And I will make a fool of myself for the things of God. I promise you that. You'll never have to worry. You have pastors in this church, our pastor, Pastor Blake. Let me tell you something. He will fight for you. We will stand with you and we will go to town for you. But we're going to speak the truth to you too. And tonight I want you to know that we don't have an excuse to let the devil trample us. We do not have an excuse. We do not have an answer for why the devil is beating us up. Because there's no, there's no reason, no, there's no godly reason at all or biblical reason at all where we should allow. My Bible says that I have the power to trample over serpents and scorpions. That means no matter what is going on. My Bible says that no poison can, can, can damage me, can kill me. That means nothing has power over my life if I am free and if I am set free and living for God. All over this place, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. You're here tonight. You say, Pastor, I am not saved. I've got sin in my life, and I'm not saved. I want to be right with God tonight. If that's you, just put your hand up. Put it up and put it right back down all over this place. Come on, put your hands up. I know without a doubt in my mind and in my heart that there are people in this place tonight. You're here. Maybe you're watching online tonight. You say, I am not right with God, and I want to be saved. Listen, put your hand up and put it right back down. The choice is yours tonight. How many all over this place? Left to right, front to back. How many? Come on. Put it up, put it right back down. You say, Pastor, my attitude ain't right. There's things going on in my life where I'm just, I'm a raging bull. I'm a raging bull. And it's just not happening anymore. I'm not going to let the devil defeat me. Just put your hand up, put it right back down. Devil's been lying to you, he's been treating you bad. You've kind of fallen for it. Maybe you're there in your front room this this evening. I want you to know that God is on your side. If you'll turn to him, if you'll repent. If I could have everybody stand to your feet tonight all over this place. We're going to get a hold of God in just a moment. You know, there's something powerful about a public confession. As pastor says all the time, when we we give our lives to Jesus, listen, make a public confession and say, I am going to be different. I'm not going to be the same ever again. If you're at home tonight, I want you to know that God can set you free. I want to pray all over this place. Just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life to be my personal Savior. I repent of my sins. I turn away from my sin. And I turn to you, Jesus. I surrender right now. I ask you to forgive me and give me a brand new life. Make me whole. Change my heart. Give me a heart of love and a heart of peace and a mind of peace. I will serve you, Lord, from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. of
0: praise. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.